0: have been studying and just jumped into 1st Corinthians 12 and we have made our way through the first seven verses we kind of looked at verse 11 a little bit and it laid out and as we are going through this last week's message if you were not here you really need to get that because I gave 14 points, 14 truths that you have learned in just those first seven verses. And those 14 will help you have a, a better biblical understanding, actually, of the spiritual gifts than, tragically, uh, many pastors that I know. But I share that with you because this is an amazing text. And Paul starts out this text... Um, This this understanding here in chapter 12, verse 1, I do not want you to be unaware. I do not want you to be ignorant of this. I, I don't want you to be illiterate about spiritual gifts. And yet the body of Christ today is plagued with ignorance all over the place, let alone just spiritual gifts. I mean, I think if you're honest today, You would look at spiritual gifts. If you ask the average Christians, what are the spiritual gifts and how are they used? I bet you a very huge percentage would have no clue what they are. The other percentage would have them perverted or counterfeited. And you do not see the manifestation of the gifts. And you know what? That is a sin. That is a shame to you and I. That we are not serving... And the power of the spiritual gifts. Okay. Here's part of the reason. We who are truly saved today. I don't know how else to say it. We give up really good words. Okay. We surrender good words. Um, Because what happens is. We give up these words. Because people will take these words And make movements out of them. Okay? They do. I mean, I I can show it to you all the way. Um, You will hear this word, uh, fundamentalist. Okay? Let me tell you something. That is a really good word. Okay? But a lot of people look at it as no fun, too much damnation, and not enough mental. Okay? But the truth of the matter is, it is a, a, an exceptional word. Um, and what happens when we give up these good words is that you will literally watch people become afraid of them. They become fearful. You don't, you don't think so? Why is there such a huge movement in the body of Christ today to put a non-offensive name up? Okay, I've had people say, you want to see the church grow, Terry? You need to take Baptist out of the name. What's wrong with that? I like Baptist. I mean, there was that dude, John guy, and they called him the Baptist. What was wrong with that? Jesus said, no greater man has been born of woman than John the Presbyterian. <laughs> no. John the Community Bible. No, John the Baptist. And I don't understand that. I, I really just don't get that. But see what we do with... We get good words. Great, phenomenal words. And then somebody makes some kind of goofy movement out of it and we become, I'm not that. Okay, another word that we've been dealing with, it's charisma. Charismata. Okay? And I will have to agree that there is a lot of chaos when it comes to charisma or charismata. And yet, you know what? Charisma, charismata is a good word. It is a cool word. Here's what you will know it as. Charismatic. Dun, 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 dun. And you put Baptist on your name so that the charismatic will not come. It's my shield. But it's a good word. If you are a Christian today, you are a... Don't put that on this tape. We don't need that. We don't want that on the website. Them Baptists have now become... Charismatic. Listen, if you have received grace from God, you're charismatic. If you have been saved by grace, you are charismatic. You are equipped by grace, that is charismatic. If you are kept in grace, that is charismatic. If you are glorified, it is by grace you are charismatic. I am charismatic. There are not two kinds of charismatics please understand that it is a good word it is a bible word okay it says that you have been given charisma a grace gift from god you know what if you get your next next heartbeat it is a gift from god we got a little moisture we need it okay and it is a gracious gift from god And we have this thing that we call charisma. It is spiritual gifts. It is gracious gifts from an almighty God. Okay. Don't let them hijack our good words. I like being fundamentalist. I like being baptistic. I like being charismatic. Okay. I I hear words that, well, they're reformed. What does that mean? You're reformed. Okay, that means that something was wrong, and I now change it. What does that mean? We hijack stuff that is good. Be careful, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If they ask you, well, you have a Baptist preacher. Just smile at him and say, and he's charismatic. <laughs> okay, that'll mess with him. <laughs> that'll mess with him. Okay, but as the Apostle Paul told me, he's told you. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know these really good words. Okay. And guess what we're going to do today. Look at words. Okay. We've been looking. Paul lays a foundation in the first seven verses of what a. Spiritual gifts deal with their purpose, their plan, their source of power. And and it's sort of we've been sort of been in this great big broad looking picture on God's gracious gifts, God's charisma to the body of Christ. And we've looked at a lot of stuff. Let me tell you something. If you have heard all of the messages that have been preached in these first seven chapters, you will know more about spiritual gifts than most seminary kids. Okay, in just, and I don't know how many weeks it's been. Um, I'm I'm a little slow at times. Okay, but you will know that. And I'm not bragging, I'm just saying, here's what the Bible says. Okay, and what I've learned is spiritual gifts are not complicated. This is not a big issue. The problem is you need to know chapters 12, 13, and 14, and too many people just want to look at a handful. And here's what I want us to look at we're kind of getting a little smaller in our drawing our down. Okay? That's why I jumped over to ch- chapter 12, verse 28. Because in here, you will find three categories of gifts. Okay, And that's your outline. Okay, There are gifts of men, there are gifts that strengthen, and there are gifts that signal. Okay, And it's going to take us a while to get through these. I know, it's just one verse. But hey, there are some good words here that I want you guys to, to see. I hope I can get it. So we're getting a little smaller. All right. I want you to look at our verse there. Chapter 12, verse 28. And then you're going to need to go to Ephesians, chapter 4. Okay. We'll we'll deal with it. It says, God has appointed where? Hmm. Interesting concept, don't you think? He kind of narrowed it down there a little bit, didn't he? Okay. So let me explain something to you. If you work... In an office, okay? And you are the office administrator and you kind of keep the office going. That is not the gift of administrations, okay? Where is the spiritual gift made evident? Where is it not made evident? In the world, okay? You will see men today, well, not very many, (laughs) Sadly, um, I grew up, and I mean, one of the first presidents that I ever got to vote for was, uh, well, I could have voted for others, but the only one I ever paid attention to was Ronald Reagan. Now, listen, I'm not here to say I'm a Republican or anything like that, but when, if you remember Ronald Reagan, um, the Marines had moved into uh, Beirut, Lebanon. Okay, there was a civil war going on there, and a a guy drove a truck in there and blew up the barracks and killed uh, almost 300 Marines. You know what impressed me the most about Ronald Reagan? I mean, you you can have your own politics, but I remember him standing up in front of the nation saying, that was my fault. Well, that freaks me out. I ain't never heard a politician take credit for something bad. And so I I voted for him next time around. (laughs) Why Why? Because he was a... Leader, And if you are a leader, when it goes well, take credit for it. If you are a leader, when it goes bad, take credit for it. Why? Because you are the leader. Okay. That is not the spiritual gift of leadership. Okay. A leader will be the most humble. That you will see. That's spiritual leadership. Okay. I'm just kind of getting these things here going. Okay. Um, It says that God appoints and he does it in the church. Okay, now I want to show you something. These that you see here, he says, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Then there should be a word then. Okay, we're going to stop right there because now I want to go over to chapter 4 of Ephesians. Verse 11, chapter 4. Verse 11. You're going to see a similar list. Okay? Look what he says here. This is Paul writing to church in Ephesus. Verse 11, he says, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, and it should be some as teachers. That's the best translation. Okay? So there should be a delineation. Okay? Be real careful of that one. All right. Now, watch what what we're going to do here. All right. Why? These are gifted men. Gifted men. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's not a gift of apostleship. They are men who have been given as gifts. Do you get that? Okay, let me show you. Apostle is a person. Okay? People have said, and I've heard it, I hear people on a lot of... I hear a lot of people who claim to be apostles. I, myself, would not want that responsibility. Personally. Okay? And over the weeks to come, I'll deal with each of these apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and... Evangelists, I'll deal with all of them. Okay, don't worry about it. All right, that I myself wouldn't want a responsibility. I am uh, at best, I would say, a foghorn. Okay, I have absolutely no purpose but to yell what God's saying. Period. Okay, there is a person who is a prophet. There is a gift that is prophecy, and listen, it wasn't until the 1300s that prophecy had anything to do with predicting the future. Did you know that? English language added that. Had absolutely nothing to do with it. A prophet was the town crier. He stood outside and says, Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Thus say the king. That's what he did. That was the prophet. He had nothing to do with predicting the future. Nothing. And yet we believe that if you have the gift of prophecy, you can what? See the future. If that was true, then I'd be a weatherman. Because I know I can do better than them. Right? But I have the gift of prophecy. You know what that means? I'm a foghorn. That's it. I, we heard it. I don't have any original thoughts. I ain't got anything brand new to give you. Mine is just stuff that came in one and went out to the other. It's almost like a table waiter. God prepares it. And I try to get it out without spilling it. And that's it. And then I go back. I get a little more. And he, and everybody says, well, I would like to have. Really? Really? Have you ever seen them people come out with them great big trays? It's got like 27 plates on it and all the rest of it. That amazes me. And yet that's what God says I want you to do. And I keep saying, Lord, <laughs> I need a small tray. <laughs> you know, but can I take it out one saucer at a time? Okay, and I don't want to take a cup and a saucer. All right, be real careful. Uh, I don't write Revelation. Okay, I have notes, yeah. But you know what? They're not new. <laughs> Somebody, We're 2,000 years out. There's nothing new. There's people who like to think they were. Listen, you hear it all the time. You are inundated with it. Okay? Here's how it sounds. God has told me. And then, swoosh, out comes. What's the Hebrew word? Minutia. I'll let you interpret that. Okay? Here, let me tell you what God has told me. Did you know that? God told me. Are you ready? Sit down. Be careful. The prophet is getting ready to speak. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, teachers. Ooh, cool, huh? (laughs) Feeling better? I know. You thought, yeah, God told me. What did he tell me? That he gave some as apostles, some as prophets. Why? We're done. There isn't any new information. You, you cannot study the Bible and say, well, if I take it back to the original language, parse it out a little different, then I can come up with something that nobody's ever found. I know people who try to do that. Why? Well, it's got to be missed. 2,000 years out of the church, it got missed. Okay? You know what that is? that is a man or a woman who is not in leadership because there is no humility. You really believe that 2,000 years out of Christ building His church, there's new stuff? You've been deceived. You've been deceived. Okay? I've run into them who say there are prophets today, there are apostles today. And what does the Scripture say? Well, first, verse 1 of chapter 12 says, I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant about that. Okay, so who are and what are these things, these people? Okay, some, many believe that these are gifts. That if you have the gift of apostle or you have the gift of prophet and that is not what the scripture teaches. But it does take a little more work than the average person is willing to give. I guarantee you that. According to this text, they are gifted men who are gifted To what the Lord has planned. Okay. And when we look at this. You're going to see it. You're going to see that an apostle. Had a great wide ministry. And you're going to see that a prophet. Had a very localized ministry. That's biblical. It's taught biblically. The Bible stresses it. You'll see it. But you'll also see that an apostle. And the prophet. Were working off a cornerstone. You know what a cornerstone is? When we build a house, I used to be in construction. When you used to build a house, you'd take a a tape measure and you would square it all off and you measure it out and then you get some yahoo comes in, poured a foundation and then you have to shim everything to make it square again. Still haven't figured out that process. But we do it consistently. Okay? And you do it through a... You may have to use a transit. You know what a transit is? That's a person who just passes through. No. (laughs) It's... It has a level and you take and you sight through and you hold up a post at major height and you keep the heights, and so you can stay on the same level. Okay? Well, that's how we do it. The Jews used to do it and, and the Romans used to do it in the time of the writing of the New Testament. They would do it by a stone cutter. And he would cut the corner stone and it would have to be absolutely 90 degrees on all sides. Okay? And you would have this stone... And you would start off of that, and that's what you would build your foundation off of. Why? Because if it's 90 degrees, it'd be 90 degrees this way. It'd be 90 degrees that way. It'd be 90 degrees in its height, its breadth, and its depth. All right? Who was the chief cornerstone? Jesus Christ. All right, then he says there was a foundation that was laid. Who did that? The apostles and the prophets. What was their point? God was revealing a mystery, Paul says in Ephesians. A mystery that was not known. What was the mystery? Jew and Gentile together. Where at? In the church. Okay? See how that flies in the face of what you hear in Messianic congregations? I have a Jewish church. Paul says you have Jew, you have Gentile, and you have Church. Okay, because on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ laid out a foundation from the apostles and prophets. They were in direct revelatory position. God was literally pouring into them the New Testament. Here it is. And it says that when they remember when Peter preached in uh, the temple, the Holy Spirit had come upon him. He went into the temple and preached, right? And 3000 got saved in his first message. All right? What did they do after that? They gave themselves to the apostles' teaching, doctrine. Ooh, guys, there's that word doctrine. That's that Baptist doctrine. Okay? Let me ask you something the church is 2,000 years old. Are we still building the foundation? If you're nine stories up, do you lay another foundation? See what I'm trying to get at? Why do I need apostles and prophets? Okay. That's a a valid argument right there, but I have some better. Okay. Let me show you how this works. You have gifted men who are gifted to what the Lord had planned. Now look at verse 7 of chapter 4. Ephesians, each one of us. OK, how many Christians have spiritual gifts? Grace is given according to the measure of Christ's Gift. All right. Everyone has received a divine enabling, a divine power. A divine uh, manifestation of what Christ has. Every Christian, you cannot be saved. There is teaching out there today that says you get saved and you kind of cruise along. And then you start begging and crying and weeping and all kind of weird stuff. And you'll get you, poof, a gift. Okay? That ain't the way God works. The Holy Spirit says, I'm building the church because I know what God's plan is and I will enable each one as I need necessary to do what God has planned. All right? Everyone has received a gift, this divine power. Everyone has received a power and there's a reason that everyone has received a power. Do you know what it is? Verse 11, second half of the tr- verse. What does it say? For the work of service. service. Some of your translations will say ministry. Okay? Has the church said, here's the congregation and here is the ministers. Look around. The church today has corrupted this text. Who in the body of Christ is the minister? Anybody who's saved. Anybody who's saved is a minister. We sang a song this morning. It says, Go. Go. You pastors and teach all nations. Go, you Sunday school directors. Go, you Sunday school teachers. Who goes? Every single Christian. All right, I'm going to show you a word here. Really cool. Verse 7. Depending on your translation you'll see a word gift and it refers directly back to Christ. Christ's possession, gift. Okay, Christ gives a gift. It's Dorea. Dorea. Transliterated D-O-R-E-A. Dorea. Okay? That's what the gift is. Know what it's not saying? Charismata. It's not there. It's Dorea. Okay? The difference in this word is this. It is a free gift, and the stressing of the the emphasis of the word is based on the fact that it is free, not the gift. It is based on the fact that it is free. All right? So according to Christ, free. Okay? It's not dealing with the, I guess if you wanted to call it the quality of the gift. Okay? So here's what he says. Verse seven, to each one of us, okay, believers, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ free presentation. He gave you something that's free, so absolutely free. Okay, here's here's let me see if The the emphasis here should be on gratitude. (laughs) Okay, I got it. Would be like uh, you weren't expecting it and it was just boom, given to you remember now it's not based on the quality of the gift or the quantity of the gift it was just something that whoa, and it didn't cost me a dime wow cool okay um, you, you've heard it said today you know if any, there's nothing in life is free okay this is okay so it's free Three, gratitude should be coming from it. Now I want you to drop down to verse 8. Therefore, he's going to summarize it, use an Old Testament passage to summarize it. Here's what he said Therefore, it says, why? Based on the fact that to each one of us grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and then what did he do? He gave gifts. Of men. Gifts to men. To men. Okay? You know what's amazing? It's a different word. It's a different word. Didomai, didomai, D-I-D-O-M-I. didomai. Well, wait a minute. I mean, we've got two little verses here and we've got gifts. Oh, well, I don't get it. Didomi. What does he mean here? Okay, now he's not emphasizing that it's free. Okay. Now he's talking about the character of the gift. How important is the gift? Now he's talking about a very very special quality of the gift. First word, he says, dude, you better be really thankful because it is free. The second one is whoa Whoa, look at what he gave. okay See how it works? Look at your text. I want you to see this. This is amazing stuff. This here should just freak you out or get get up and slap somebody. Verses nine and ten are parentheses so i 'm going to just take that out i 'm going to set it over here on the side no i 'm not corrupting scripture i 'm not adding to or taking it away from it 's parentheses. He says, he gave the quality of this gift to men. Okay? Then what? Read it. It says 11. What was the quality of this gift that you should be overwhelmingly thankful for? What does it say? The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers. now let me ask you a question today in the body of Christ what do you see when it comes to understanding spiritual gifts how many in the body of Christ today have an overwhelming have this overwhelming gratitude for these men Grab that. Listen, I'm not here. It ain't about me. I, I know where my gift is in this. Okay? But I'll be honest with you. I wrestled with this for over nine hours. Two silly words for nine hours. Begging God to help me understand this. And this is what has come out. First word, gift is there should be an overwhelming gratitude because that thing is free. Second word, gifts to men, is, ah, can you believe? Whoa! I mean, it was free, and that was amazing, but man, look at what it is. What is it? Men. Men. Men gifted men given to the body of Christ that should be overwhelming in our gratitude and should just blow our socks off when we really think of what they are doing. Paul told the church of Thessalonica that when you find one of those guys who is working diligently, diligently, In the word, they're stretching in the word. They have authority over in your word. He says, you need to esteem them highly. Why? Because of their work. How many of us look at that that way? How many of us can look at men in the church as a gift to the church? Well, I'll tell you what, I watch him up there and he pants around too much. He drinks too much water. He keeps scratching his forehead. And he preaches too long. He preaches too short. Yeah, that's not my shortcoming. Okay, have you ever thought about that? Well, this room is just too hot. It's going to snow today. I just don't understand. What would you just do? God said, I'm going to give a gift that you don't even deserve. And you're going to get it. Not only that, you should be overwhelmed with what that gift does. And then he says, I'm going to veil it. I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to see it. And it's going to be in this person. I think that's amazing to me. Tell you what, when I finally figured it out, it just freaked me out. Verse 7 says, every Christian receives a gift. Okay. Verse 8, 11, he says... And part of that gift is gifted men. Okay? Okay, now, who is this gift to? Verse 12. Equipping of the saints for the work of... For what purpose? Do you understand that when you're not in church, you know what you're saying to God? Just the two words I give you. When you're not in church... You know what you're saying to God? I'm not grateful, nor am I concerned about that gifted man. Why? You wonder why you're not being used in the body of Christ? You haven't been equipped. You should be equipped for serving, right? If you're equipped for serving, then everybody sees what? What? Your gift. If you're not serving, guess what? You're literally telling God this gift that demands my gratitude, which is so overwhelming to the body of Christ, is not important to me. I thought about Steve Lawson when I was eating this. Steve Lawson uh, uh, was run out of his church in Mobile, Alabama, an amazing preacher. An amazing preacher, and all I can think of is that poor church is under god's condemnation it's under god's condemnation uh, we, 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 you read the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor, and there's a statement that keeps showing up every once in a while it says, I will remove my lampstand, and everybody has great Well, I believe that that's you know what I think it's a thing that holds up the light <laughs> isn't it <laughs> I mean that's what I thought it was. Okay, who is that in the church? Who is that? Has to be the pastor teacher. And he says, if you don't change what? I'll take out the lampstand. Okay, it doesn't mean they ain't saved people in there and they got some glimmering light, but let's be realistic. If you take a light and you lift it up higher, doesn't it get brighter and more can be seen? But if you take it and you set the thing down there on the ground and it's a little bitty thing down there, what happens? It gets dim. It gets dim. Okay? They are for the building up of the saints. It's for the strengthening of the church. So the church will serve. The church will minister, it says. Spiritual gifts are one thing, gifted men are another. Okay? The gifted men have a composite of many spiritual gifts to make them, use God's word, special. Okay? I have a gift. Okay? My gift is a composite of many different things. Okay? Do you know why I have this gift? It's to serve the saints. you know why? Do you know why I'm served, serving the saints? So you will be equipped. You will be stronger for what? Serving. For serving. Now, I I wrote this down and I just, man, I just wrote it down and I, I said, I can't say this. But I, if I'm honest to the text, I have to say this. I have a gift to serve the body. Okay. But I also have been given as a gift to this local body. That's hard. Okay. And the reason I say that, no, I'm not apostle. No, I'm not a prophet. No, I'm not evangelist, but I am a pastor teacher. And that is completely different than spiritual gifts. Multiple gifts make me a pastor teacher, which makes me a gift to the local assembly. I just don't feel like a gift. You and I gather here today need to understand the dual purpose of spiritual gifts. Every single Christian has received a gift. Please understand that you cannot be saved and not have a divine enabling. It's impossible. Okay. But some in God's grace become gifts to the church. Okay? Please understand. It's not a talent. It's not a talent. It's a supernaturally enabling. Now, I don't know about you. That seems a little bizarre to me. <laughs> I just, I don't know. People ask me and I say, I'm living proof that God has a sense of humor. I, as a pastor, teacher. If you really wanted to translate that thing honestly, it would be a shepherd teacher. Okay? They don't translate it that way because the lowest thing on the totem pole was a shepherd. I mean, that's why God revealed Himself first to who? The shepherds. Why? I think something about the meek shall inherit the earth. The poor in spirit shall have the kingdom of God. Those people understood it. And then to ask, to understand that that privilege that God has given me, and then to understand that I was given to the church as a gift, that is different than my gift. Okay? You see that. This is where we're dwelling today. Okay? Do we really understand the grace of Christ. Remember what he says here. It is to the measure of Christ's gift. The emphasis in that phrase is what was the limit of Christ's gift? When God loved us, what was his boundary? There was no boundary. When God said, I will have mercy. What was the limit of his Mercy. There was no limit. And now all of a sudden he says, because of this gift that you should be grateful for, I will give you gifts of men to the degree of what? His gift. What was it? What was the limit? Do you understand that if you find a pastor who is diligent in the Word of God, there's no limit to what God will do. There's no limit. Why? What was the measure of His gift? There isn't one. It is boundless. It's like the east and the west running back and forth. I think I figured that out. It's when I fly from Moscow to Atlanta all in a Saturday. (laughs) Okay? I think that's where East and West run into each other, and I get hit by a bus. (laughs) Sorry, had to use that one. I have been given as a gift to teach. You know why? Grab that. Man, that's hard for me to say. I mean, that is excruciatingly difficult for me to say. But do you know why I have been given as a gift to teach? Show you how to serve. How your gift will work to strengthen others. So that the church will be strengthened and literally be the second incarnation of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Okay? Don't buy the phrasing that says there is a gift of apostles. Okay? There isn't one. There is no gift of prophet. There is no gift of evangelist and there is no gift of pastor teacher. Okay? They are gifted men. They are gracious gifts to the church from he who died for the church. Okay, now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. And we'll kind of put a bow on this thing. One other word I want to look at because this will be my final argument. I learned how to argue things biblically from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. (laughs) If you read the book of Romans, you'll see that Paul covered every base (laughs) in a spherical manner. Okay, let me show you this. These gifted men that I just showed you in Ephesians. Have a composite of gifts that make them what they are. Okay. Uh, A pastor teacher. That's the only one I can deal with right now because that's all I are. I speak for a living. If a pastor teacher doesn't have the gift of wisdom. How's he going to teach? Okay. If he's going to shepherd. He probably ought to have some discernment. What do you think? I mean, that'd be a good thing. Just just an idea. All right. So you see how he's going to have to have. He'll probably have to have the gift of prophecy. Public proclaiming. Okay. Because that's his, his biggest impact is going to be. So you put all those together. But he also needs to be able to exhort to sort of come alongside and come on now. Come on, come on, come on right so you see how all that has to come so that you can have a pastor teacher notice i didn't use mercy (laughs) i left my mercy in my other suit um now let me show you this in chapter 20 or chapter 12 verse 28 he says here god has appointed is the new american standard uh translation um It's Theomi. Theomi is the original word. Um, Some of your translations may say appoint. Some may say set. Some may say place down. Um, Literally, if I wanted to translate it correctly, it would be this. God has set some in the church. Okay. Here's what's amazing about that verse right there. At that point, it isn't a grace gift anymore. Okay? It is literally an appointment. It is a divine appointment. God says, boom, you have to go do this. Best I can describe it it would be like an ambassador. Okay? An ambassador doesn't say, hey, I want to be an ambassador. Okay? The the king or the, the president or somebody will... Appoint them. So when I read this, and he says that he has put some in, apostles, prophets, pastors, and then get that word that says then, because then he transitions. Okay? But he points them in and he says, this is God's appointment into the body of Christ. God thing. He appointed. It's a divine appointment. Uh, The apostles. God said, I have appointed the apostles. I have laid the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, and then I appoint apostles, prophets, for the foundation work. Okay? And then He says after that. You see the word then there. Okay? After that. It literally means the word then... Says on top of that. That's the little translation. If we translate it then, as in something afterwards. Think about what I said. You lay the structure and then you go on top of it and build. And what would be on top of it? Look at what it says. Them other weird things. Miracles, right? Then gifts of healing, helps, administration, various kinds of languages. Tongues, some will translate it. Okay, so do you see that there are... He, he says, I have this structural work that I'm doing through these gifted men that you don't deserve. But they're going to do this so that what will happen next? Your gifts will start being manifest. Because if we put the frame in, right... That's why, did you understand that that's part of the reason that we always have a plurality of quote-unquote overseers? He says, I don't want one man to have to bear this. I will have a plurality. And if you look at overseers, presbyteros, elders, there isn't the senior pastor, then the elders. They're all shepherds they all should have oversight they all should be busy keeping track of the flock why because they are a gift it's absolutely free that god has set in place for the building of his church they do the framework. Why? So that you will minister. Okay? In the weeks to come, we will look and we'll see that there are five kinds of gifted people, persons, men. Five kinds Apostle, Prophet, evangelists okay the Ephesians text says pastors and teachers the reason is is because of this text all right this text in the Corinthians says then teachers all right truth of the matter is in the Ephesians text it is pastor teacher it's all one word okay why well you can be a teacher and not be a pastor you cannot be a pastor and not be a teacher. Or teaching pastor, however you want to tell it. Does that make sense? I mean, I know guys who are, think they're pastors who ain't teachers. And I'm thinking, hello, you got the wrong number. Okay? And then there are teachers. So when you look at it, gifted men in the body of Christ. One, apostles. Two, prophets. Three, evangelists. Four, pastor teachers. And five, Teachers. And these are gifts to the body of Christ. They're free gifts. Okay? So 1 Corinthians echoes Ephesians, but adds teacher. All right? Gifted people given to the church so that we will be grateful. Okay? I'm going to close with this. When I receive a gift, when you receive a gift, okay? I don't care who you are. Old and young alike. Short and tall. Okay? When you receive a gift, what is your response? What's your response? When you receive a gift? What is your response if you receive a gift That is beyond anything you could have ever imagined. What is your response? That's what we need to learn from this brothers and sisters. Take those 14 things that I gave you last week on spiritual gifts. 14 foundations for spiritual gifts. And then you start understanding that you have gifts. But you also have gifted men. What is your response? This is all on top of eternal life and salvation in Jesus Christ. The Father who keeps giving to the measure of Christ. That's amazing stuff. That's amazing stuff. And if that don't freak you out, you need to repent and get saved. Let's pray. Father, I give You the glory for Your Word. And Father, uh, You still overwhelm me. I praise You for... I praise You for Calvary. I praise You for saving us. Lord, uh, thank You for Your church. Father, I just... Uh, I'm overwhelmed by such a gracious gift of the bride of Christ Father I don't I, thank you Father thank you for gifts thank you that this body of people here have divine powers Jesus I beg you give us ears to hear give us eyes to see Lord Jesus take this group may they be pure and holy before you Father may the majesty and the power and the exaltation of you be incarnate in us that the world may see the unity that we have and know You sent us. Thank you, Lord. Christ's name.